Episode 2 of the Sideline Views podcast is presented by Guy Boston Sports. For day-to-day coverage on the Bruins, Pat, Sox, and Celtics, visit GuyBostonSports.com. Once again, welcome Akeem. Joined by Akeem here in Episode 2. What's up, Akeem? What's up? How are we doing, Gio? A lot has gone down. Seems like every day there's something big going down in the NBA. So, let's get right into it. Tony Parker, after 17 seasons as a San Antonio Spur, is signed with the Charlotte Hornets. Yep. What are, you, what are your reactions? What was the deal? 10 mil, 2 years? I think it was like 2 years, 9 mil, something like that. 9 mil? Wow. Um, <laughs> you know, he's going to be a Hall of Famer one day. Crazy spin move, great player. Um... I don't really think he has much left in the gas tank. I think they just signed him because no. he's a veteran presence. Kind of like... I'm it's kind of unheard of 17 years from a point guard now. 17 seasons. Oh, yeah. But you, you know, and he gets injured a lot, too. Yeah. It's it's sad, though, to see him go with the whole Kawhi situation and the way that just... The way that... The way the Spurs are heading is just not... It's not a pretty place. Oh, they... They're going... They're going to be a team eventually... That will not be able to consistently make the playoffs like they have been able to so you know so far. Yeah, it's it's sad. You know, you're a four-time NBA champion. You were the Finals MVP in '07, a six-time All-Star. The dude's jersey number is definitely going to be retired in the in the San Antonio Rafters. And to see it end like that just sucks. I mean, it- I'd rather see him. I'd rather see him retire than to end his stint in Charlotte. <laughs> I mean, I know what you mean. That like Charlotte, it's oh, it's no man's land. You have you have no one there. Kemba Walker is the biggest attraction. The other guys, you don't even know their names. Tony Parker is the second biggest name in Charlotte right now. Like it's it's ridiculous. So yeah, to see him go there, it's sad. And you definitely it's sad to say. No disrespect to Tony Parker, but that being like your second best player, mm-hmm. just considering the stage of his career that he's at, it's kind of sad. It's it definitely is sad, you know. <laughs> MJ is the GM over there, but nothing nothing gets done in Charlotte. I can't see him doing anything. Playoffs, finals, nothing. Nothing's going to go down. Yeah, MJ's the perfect example of why a player shouldn't take any part in ownership or front office moves after he retires. Yeah, when you see MJ, it's kind of like a shot at um, Magic, too, because those are two teams led by, you know, form, former players, Hall of Famers, and... It's kind of like, hey, these guys really don't know what they're doing. Yeah, at least I mean, at least there's some light in the future for uh, for LA. But I mean, I the way Charlotte's it. heading, Kemp. Ah, I mean, they still got some productive players. I'm not an Ingram fan, but he's more productive than anything aside from from Kemba Walker and Charlotte. Oh, 100. You got Lonzo, who can develop to be a pretty good passer. He just needs weapons around him, and you just got the biggest one this year in free agency. Kyle Kuzma's a great shooter. He's the Lake I believe he was the Lakers best rookie shooter from three percentage wise last season. I mean they got some good stuff. Obviously, it's easy when you get those high picks. Yeah. But definitely. I don't know. It's just I don't know. This whole Tony Parker situation's kinda of bugging me. Yeah, it's not I don't think it's I don't know if it's gonna go well for him. I mean they brought in Tony Parker, you already have a starting point guard, so what he's gonna do, come off the bench? He's. I feel like he's a sought-after star, I guess, with, like, modern NBA fans. Like, when Tony Parker came into the league, things people don't remember. Like, he wasn't a good three-point shooter. Oh, he yeah, developed he that, awful. like, late in his career. Mm-hmm. Kind of like Jason Like, King. back in those, like, yeah, yeah, exactly. Back in those, like, Miami final battles with LeBron, like, he started to finally get that shot falling. Yep. So, all started from the corner three with him. Mm-hmm. Exactly. But, ah... I don't know. From an NBA fan, I feel like the San Antonio Spurs are just that one team that everybody like can respect and like and appreciate. I kind of feel like they're like, what is there really to hate from San Antonio? I mean, they're definitely one of the more moral teams. Like, you know, what happened with the uh, shooting out in, um, what was it, Dallas? Yeah. Yeah, when they had a shooting out in Dallas, you know, you had the team, they said something about it. Pop has always said things about, you know... Trump and whatnot, they always get involved in politics. Yeah, Pop doesn't, he, he's the definition of like, I don't give a shit, I'm going to say whatever I want, what's on my mind. Exactly, like he always says, hey, basketball is not the most important thing in life, and you know, reporters say, 
oh, you know, how do you feel after this loss? He's like, you know, it's not like the biggest thing in the world. We have people that die over and wherever. So, you know, you know, in comparison, basketball is a small thing. Yeah, that that's the thing with Pop. Like, he might not give you the answer you're looking for, especially, I feel like any reporter would tell you, but, like, it's genuine. Yeah, because he's... he's and that's, the thing, that's the thing I like about him. He's a genuine person. Yeah, he's definitely not trying to be like anyone else. I, like, he's one of the better coaches. You see Teron Luke, and, you know, when LeBron left, Teron was like, oh, you know, I'm kind of, you know, I'm hurt by it. And, like, that, I didn't understand why he said that. I don't know if that was genuine at all because you're saying you're hurt by it, but what did you expect the man to do? I feel like that's just something he had to say. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't think there was any pressure from uh, Gilbert. I mean, I, I think everyone at that locker room, like, I feel like when the playoffs started, they kind of felt like, yeah, he's he's gone anyway. Especially, you know, right when they stepped. I feel like, especially after that game one, the way that, you know, that all transpired. Oh, definitely, but I mean. Because, like, you, you, can, you can blame JR, but, you know, I feel like there's more people that are at fault. Oh, yeah. I feel like the percent, I, I don't think it's like, percentage-wise, it's all on JR. Yeah, he. I think it's spread. Yeah, fuck. Um, he didn't know that there was a Jr. Didn't know there that was there a was a timeout. Out. Exactly. Yeah, nobody knew. Like, I feel like at that point when Jr. has the ball in his hands, you should like instantly. All right, timeout, timeout. Even if I don't know we have a timeout, just like screw it. We'll take a shot at you know, Getting hopefully, hopefully fooling the refs or something. Mm-hmm. Right. I don't know, but I, I don't. I, it's 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 just Jr. Just you know, fell victim to his own history and his antics. Yeah, I know. You know, because Jr. did it. It's a huge, huge problem. Anyone else does it? Yeah, when you build that reputation, you know. <laughs> It's all on you. Exactly. Especially after, you know, how his his playoff history in um, New York went. Like, partying out all night with Rihanna, coming back, not being ready to play. He just has a bad mm-hmm. reputation in the NBA. Yeah. And he's just so open to, like, showing that side of him, too. Because I feel like every NBA player kind of has that side to them that they just, like... Mm-hmm. You don't want to show the fans because then you have a bad game and it's like, all right... They're instantly going to attribute that to your like your lifestyle off the court. Mm-hmm, exactly. He has to learn how to keep them separate. Yeah, I mean, at this stage in his career, it's a little too late for that. Oh, one hundred percent. Oh man, when do you, what do you think is the is the window for Pop to retirement? Because um, there's no way he's going to coach like a losing Spurs team for years and years and years to come, and he's obviously not going to coach anywhere else. I mean, at least NBA wise, I can't see him going anywhere else. I really, I mean, he can coach until, I don't know, maybe he's, maybe late 80s. He can, he can do it if he wants. I have. No, yeah, I mean, like, I know he can, like, I'm not saying his ability-wise. Yeah, but what do you But, like, to? how much is he willing to, how much is he willing to tolerate as far, because there's no way in hell Greg Popovich would ever, you know, tank a season. Yeah, definitely not. But, you know, the question is, what does he really have to lean on now that, you know, the passing of his wife, you know. So, I don't know how yeah, much the, he has it's been a on. rough. It's been such a rough year for him. Yeah, but you know, I don't know. If, does he have kids? I think he does. Yeah, so I mean, maybe, maybe you know, he'll take time off. He'll go see how his kids are doing. Who knows? It sucks to see that San Antonio dynasty die out. Yeah, I, I just can't get over that. I mean, that's a team that like every year, like they have a chance. Regardless of like what team was just built, whatever, what super team you know has been established, that team always stood a chance. I mean, and to see like years to come, my bad. Um, it just sucks. How what were you gonna say? How well did they do with like Kawhi? He didn't play that much um, last season, and they they were. I think he played like nine games. Yeah, I mean nine or six. They were still. They made the playoffs, though, right? Oh yeah, they still put a so, put a very productive season up. Yeah. So you know. I think they'll still be able to make the playoffs. I don't know how far they'll go in the playoffs. But I think they still have an opportunity to make it. He needs to he needs to ship Kawhi out to like, you know, one of those young teams where he can get some young guys yeah. back. I don't know who. If I was them, don't don't keep Kawhi cuz you want to get something out of it. Like you have to. If you Yeah, and I and like if there's anyone in the league Especially in the Western Conference. Any coach that I trust <clears throat> to develop young talent, 
to flourish on their team, it's Greg Popovich. Oh, easily. Easily. Well, Kawhi was like the 15th pick traded from Indiana. Not a whole lot of hype going into that draft. And look what he's become now. He's a top three talent. Exactly. A lot of people don't know that. <laughs> what was he drafted so, by? Um, I think he was drafted by... Indiana. Yep, there you go. Indiana. And then look at him now. They didn't know he'd be that. So, I mean, it's kind of like... The thing with the Lakers trade is that I can't see Pop like buying into Kawhi and going, you know what, you win, I'm going to ship you to where you want. It's kind of hard because you can still get some really good talent and build for the future from L.A. You have to. But it's like... He has to. It's like, is he willing to? Oh, he, he has to because next year Kawhi becomes... He becomes a free agent, right? At, yeah. At that well, point. he's obviously going to walk. Exactly, and he's going to walk. So you won't get anything out of that. You can't You can't get anything out of that. So why not trade now? Get something out of it. Don't don't stay with Kawhi. He's only going to stay for one year, plus he doesn't want to play on the team. So why not trade, get two to three players, because you know it's going to be a blockbuster deal. They said they're not settling, which means you will get good players, and that will help you on your road to making the playoffs and possibly going further and making a deep run. Why don't they entertain an offer from someone like Charlotte for like a Kemba trade with picks? I feel like that would be pretty good. I think it would be good, but, you know, picks all rely on how how well, you know, the players are now today. We don't know. They do, but I feel like San Antonio, like Popovich is a guy who I can trust with like a low, low-end pick. I mean, what do you think, Lonnie? So th- what do you think is going to happen with Lonnie Walker? Will he be able to fit into the system? Because we know he's skilled. No, he's yeah. You seen him in Summer League? Oh yeah, you saw you saw his handles, little flashes. Oh my his gosh, crazy! He's like Popovich is like the Belichick of you know, of the NBA. We're like, no matter how low where you sit in the draft, you're still confident that he can get you something. Except the only difference between him and Belichick is he'll do whatever it takes to win. Because you know, that's true. You know that definitely. You know he probably didn't want to talk with Kawhi Leonard. I mean, going from Kawhi acting like you know Kawhi, quiet, you know, nose to the grindstone, playing his game, to letting other people speak for him, and not really. It's not even about basketball with Kawhi anymore. So. It's it's tough. It's tough. The toughest part is like how low his trade value is for anyone but LA. Like you can't if you're pop, you can't call Boston and like demand anything. No, because Boston's not willing to release any of their core talent. They're not they're not going to release any of your young guys. You you'll get a market smart, but that doesn't really. You're gonna much. need if you're doing that. You're gonna need to sign. You're gonna need Kawhi to sign like the extension right there and now. Yep, exactly. Exactly. They know Kawhi's probably not going to stay in Boston. It's a one-year deal. That's what's going to happen. It is such a bad position. Yeah, it's a loan. That, that, it's so awkward, too, I feel. Oh, yeah. Like, Kawhi's just sitting at home, and he's like, he's just looking at his watch like, I'm still on this team. Like, Tony Parker got out of here before I did. Like, what the hell? Just think about it. How many relationships do you think he has severed with just, like, his attitude alone? And he's a guy that doesn't like to talk, so you already know when he gets there, it's gonna be it's gonna be even worse. It's gonna be awkward. Yeah, everyone definitely gives him like nasty looks as we as he walks in. Yeah, think about how he, he just walks in in like a suit. Everyone's all getting you know ready uniform up. Mm-hmm. They're just looking at him like, oh, this fucking guy again. How does a, how does a guy like that be coached? Because you have to okay, there's plays. Maybe Pop wants to institute. He wants to you know implement new plays. Is he really going to put all the time and effort into learning them? Is he really going to try his hardest on defense? He, like, I don't, I mean, he'll get he'll get his, you know, he wants the stats. He wants to look good. But what else will he do? Will he, will he give the extra effort? Will he go the extra mile? And I don't think he will. No, I don't think so either. But back to Summer League, who do you think, who's impressed you the most so far in the Summer League? I know it's only been, you know, been a few games, but who's impressed you the most? I forgot his name. He was on Philly. Um, he had 40 points. He had 40 points. Some crazy game. I think he had eight, eight made threes. He looked like what Trey Young is supposed to look like. Uh, I forgot his name. But crazy, crazy guy. Tall guy. He was on Philly. 
I think he's from Europe. He was as well. a first round pick. Yeah, I believe so. Miles, uh, Michael Bridges. No, no, Michael no, Bridges? no, no. Oh no, because they traded him, right? Yeah, yeah they yeah, traded yeah. him. It was a, it was a different guy. It's a taller, taller Caucasian guy. Who was it? Well, I'm like brain dead. Who the hell did Philly take? Um, I think he he might have been off of. Uh, I don't know if he was even drafted, honestly. But wow, I can't believe you can't come up with this guy. Corkmaz, Corkmaz, Corkmaz. Yep, that's what it was. Forkin Corkmaz. 40-point game. It was against it was against the Celtics, too. Oh, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. The Turkish guy. Yep, exactly. Yeah. Those are crazy. Yeah, that dude's only 20 years old. It's insane. Yeah, I mean, he has a high ceiling if he's shooting like that. It looks really good. He has a pretty jumper. I got to give credit to where credit's due. The guy that's looked explosive, and already I think I want him in the dunk contest this year is Kevin Knox. I've seen Kevin Knox. I've really, I've liked his game, but I don't think he's one of the more skilled players in the job. I think he's one of the more explosive players, and not even explosive to the extent that he can. He's jump just the electrifying. Yep, exactly. Like he's got that. He's got that Blake Griffin esque like in him. He does. When you see those dunks, it's crazy. <laughs> I mean, how high? Like, oh my gosh. I mean, you know Grayson Allen can't get too high off the ground, but he can still throw windmills too. Well, speaking of Grayson Allen, the the antics that followed him from college on. Oh, yeah. What he did to Trey Young, it was just disgusting. Yeah, you saw that scuffle with Trey Young. Yeah. <laughs> Trey Young should have gave him the business. What just, like, what, I, I'm, like, what happened there? Like, Young's trying to, like, draw a foul, and then they just get stuck together. Yeah, and then Trey Young tries to fold him. Like, what? What are you doing, dude? I don't know, but Trey Young, he doesn't weigh that much, so either Grayson Allen was flopping or he's going to have a lot of trouble in the NBA with the bigger guys. Donovan Mitchell's going to have such a great time dealing with that this season. Oh, I mean, I think it's just going to be pure entertainment, seeing all the fights Grayson Allen gets into. Oh, my Because they're not going to trip anyone in the NBA, and they're going to look at you, you know, while, like, they point at you. No, 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 they're going to get up. and they're The gonna thing that sucks face. is, like, the thing that sucks about him is he's talented. It's not like, you know, one of those bums that just does that to make a name for himself. The guy has talent and can make a name for himself with what he does on the court. He's just he's just so boneheaded. Yep. And he's so emotional. He's so Oh my emotional. gosh. I can't even count the amount of times I've seen him cry. <laughs> oh man. Let's move on to probably some, well, this is something I just discovered tonight, actually. Mm-hmm. In Los Angeles, they painted a mural in tribute for LeBron James. Really? And it was vandalized. Oh. You saw, oh, you saw, saw a picture on, on, Twitter, on Twitter, right? Twitter. I saw it on Twitter. Yeah, it was going all over the place. Bleacher Report, everyone got a, got a hold of it. Yeah, that's, that's just really a call for it. That's the best player on your team who's trying to lead you <sighs> to a championship. Lord. And that's what I just got to get this out. The Los Angeles Lakers. You have not made the playoffs since 2012-2013 season. And you you don't want LeBron James? They need LeBron I'm James. sorry. Well, <laughs> I'm sorry. Who do you have there? They have no one. They have no one. You guys haven't made the playoffs since Kobe. Yeah, Lonzo Ball is not going to bring you a championship. I'll tell you that. Let's all let's also look a little more into that last time, how that last playoff run went for you. You got swept against the Spurs. First round, instant, four game sweep. <laughs> Do you know who won the MVP of the finals that season? Oh right. The man who just signed with you, LeBron James. Who went for 25-10-7 against the Spurs. So t- I don't, I don't, I don't get, I don't get it. Like, th- like they're not gonna embrace him and build a statue and like raise his jersey to the rafters and retire that number. What, what's gotten into Lakers fans' minds is they they feel entitled. Like, do you realize how irrelevant you guys have been? I think you know, Magic Johnson. He's brought such a fun, such a fun loving group of guys. 
And, you know, him, he himself is so electrifying that people buy into, you know, we can do this because Magic says we can do this with who we had before, who we drafted. And now, yeah, don't don't buy don't buy too much into his first name. Yep, exactly. So now the man doesn't have superpowers. Now they bring in LeBron, and they're like, whoa, 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 whoa. We've been playing against LeBron how many years, and we've been doing just fine without him. And you know they really haven't. They haven't been doing just fine. Yeah, and you've been beating him how many times? <laughs> exactly. You realize that to get to the finals, you're probably gonna have to visit him. Oh yeah, you can't get there because you haven't made the playoffs. Exactly. Exactly. Pretty, yeah, forgot that little detail. Lakers fans, man, it's it's awful. Yeah, I'm not a LeBron fan. He's broken my heart too many times in Boston. But if there's anything I hate more than LeBron, it's it's Laker fans. One, it's the Lakers. One hundred percent. You know me. I hated LeBron too. I like, I didn't like him as a player. I liked him as a person. Great person. He's a very smart businessman. Nice guy. Always gives back to the community. But mm-hmm. I hated him as a player. I just thought he was soft. I thought he got all the calls in the NBA. You can't doubt his skill, but, you know, his mentality, I always called into question. Until I went to a Celtics game, I think it was two years ago when we were in the in, um, Eastern Conference Finals against the uh, Cavaliers. I went to the game. I had the seats right, right near courtside, but, you know, behind the backboard. So I was there. I was watching LeBron. He went up. I forgot he dunked it on someone. And he went to the foul line. And the fans in Boston, they were just, you know, Boston fans, they're real tough. It was real bad. Yeah, no idea. Oh, my God. The things they That's were That's all saying, around. That's like every sport. There isn't a sport mm-hmm. you can escape Boston fans. They were telling LeBron, you're a bad father. Oh, you suck. You're awful. What are you doing? Like, they were just coming at his whole life. And the man, the ball went out of bounds. He went to pick it up. He didn't even bat an eye. He heard... All, he heard everything under the sun. The man didn't bat an eye. And that sort of professionalism, that sort of you know attention to the game, it just makes you respect him. And after that, I was a LeBron fan. I was sold 100%. I said, this is this is a dragon among, among men. This guy, mm-hmm. he takes basketball seriously. Nothing can, nothing can make his heart waver. Great player. Yeah, the way he conducts himself, you know, on and off the court cannot be questioned. Exactly. You know, he's... He's, you know, the gold standard as far as, you know, athletes go in general, not just the NBA. Mm-hmm. You don't see him posting anything questionable. Like, it's it's amazing that a man of his caliber, you don't hear any sort of gossip. No, hey, this guy cheated on his wife. Hey, you know, his kids are in trouble. He's doing something off the court. Nothing. Nothing happens it's, with him. It's such a Los Angeles thing to do, too. Oh. Like I, I get, I get the fans that are like, you know, Kobe was, you know, he's been with us since day one, and you know, I want him to be known as the greatest Laker of all time, even though it's Magic Johnson. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I, I can understand that to a certain extent, because do you understand you're getting the best player in the game right now. Like you realize how you know your odds to reaching the finals skyrocketed. Like, prior to the day that he signed with you, I don't think they would even accept those bets of the Lakers even making the playoffs. They'd just be like, take that back. We're not going to do this to you. <laughs> It'd be a joke. Like, you you understand what he's bringing just from signing with you. The attraction for, you know, other players to come. And Like, I don't, I don't get it. And the Lakers fans still, for some reason, had that sort of entitlement. They felt so entitled, so conceited. It's ridiculous. Yeah, how has, you know, not going to the playoffs for the past five or so years gone for you? How, how's that? I, I Is it fun? Exactly, and they still find a way to berate LeBron James. This is LeBron James here, <laughs> King James. You have to show him respect. You don't, you don't need to bow down and worship the guy. But in terms of basketball, you know, he's a top ten player of all time. It's weird. Everywhere else, well, I mean, he's only signed with two places else. You know, that... He's gone. They welcome him in open arms. What do you think has been rougher as far as, like, reaction-wise when he first went back, when he first signed with Miami and, like, the Cleveland reaction or this L.A. reaction? Um, I'd say L.A. I'd say L.A. because Miami, you know, Cleveland gave him, they gave him a lot of trouble, you know, burning jerseys and whatnot. But Yeah, I feel like, in a sense, there's, like, 
you know, it's hard to say I justify it, but there's some reasoning to it with like, all right, buddy, you know, we didn't win anything here. You're just leaving us. This is your hometown and all that. Mm -hmm. But like for him to come to you, the Loserville Lakers, and you're just like basically going, no, we don't, we don't want you. I, I don't get it. You guys haven't been relevant for years. I don't get it. And the very worst part, that, like the part that strikes me the most about this, and it really upsets me, is some young person, not even let's not even say a young artist, some artist took the time to make that. I don't even think we can call him an art. Oh, I thought you meant the person. Oh, I'm talking, like, yeah, I'm talking just about like the, vandalized the, it. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. Some guy yeah, took okay. he took his time to make that, and mm -hmm. this the person who vandalized it. He just felt like. He needed to go do that. He took time out of his day to go destroy someone else's artwork. Like, he had nothing better to do with his day than to vandalize You haven't seen it artwork. already. That's an incredible, that's an yes, incredible exactly. picture. It's a, it's a great picture. That's why it's so upsetting. It's it's an amazing picture. I wonder how many hours it took to make that picture. It was It's great. Yeah, like, <laughs> you see the things they put on it, three and six in the finals, La Fraud, all that, like... Yeah, no king, Oh, Like, dude, do you real like, do you realize who you are saying this? No, it's some, You're it's some nobody. <laughs> I, didn't, I honestly didn't expect this from Laker fans. No, no, I mean, you saw the jersey sales, they were up 600%. Yeah, I, I, I could, I could, you know, in a sense, see this from Boston fans, because, like, that's your rival. Mm-hmm. And I could see you're like, and, and you're like, oh, you know, we don't want LeBron here. You know, he's been beating us all the time. We don't, we want to be known as the people who can surpass him. But like, Lakers have just been like, they're just there. Like, you know, they exist. You know, like they're a team. They're just over there. Like, don't don't bring up the whole sixteen titles and all this and that. Like, <laughs> come on, that wasn't done in there. Even lifetime. as a Celtics fan, you don't. I don't. I don't go around saying, "Oh, you know, we have the most NBA titles." I've only looked to see one, so that's <laughs> the only one that matters. Yeah, for a majority of play, for a majority of the fans, it wasn't done in their lifetime anyway. So can't really bring it up. A, a bunch of Laker fans probably couldn't even tell you the leading scorer of all time, and and he's a Laker. <laughs> he was a Laker. It's crazy. Like how many of the greatest players of all time? You know the Lakers have now. Oh, yeah! They just got LeBron. They had Kareem. They had Shaq, Shaq James Worthy, Kobe. Oh my God, it's crazy. Um, they had um, what's that guy? Uh, what? He's he's the uh, NBA logo. Jerry West. Jerry West. Yep. Unreal. It's amazing when you look at how many of like. How many players did we just name there? Like seven? Yeah, around there. Seven of definitely the top 20 players in basketball history. And look where they came from. That's crazy. But I bet you a lot of Laker fans can tell you that. No. You know what's weird? Dan Shaq played out like his first four or five years. I can't remember. He played it out in Orlando and then he went to L.A. Mm-hmm. I guess it's just era versus era or whatever, but like you know, they welcomed him in open arms and it turned out pretty well. Yeah, I don't really. And that was a situation where they had they had the Kobe. Here, you don't have the anything. No. Like, there's nothing in LA right now that you have. No, they definitely, they definitely don't. And you know what? We forgot to mention a few greats, but I was gonna ask you, what did you think of uh, Paul Gasol? Do you think he should rank his? One of the best Lakers of all time. As a Laker great? Yeah. Um, that, that one's tough. I, know. I think there's an argument to be made for, you know, like his jersey being retired and whatnot because he, he had a very successful stint mm -hmm. as a Laker. That is true. But as a Laker, I don't think people, like, I think he's a sought-after guy. He was, he like, he was one of those guys that did all the right things and did them well. Yeah. Sort of like the Tim Duncan argument. Mm -hmm. So I feel like real basketball fans would say yes. Yep. And then I feel like, you know, the ones who only look at the flashiness or whatever would tell you no. Okay. And we... How many years did he play in L.A.? I think he played like six. Mm -hmm. and... and he went to like three finals or something like that. Mm -hmm. Two, three. I think you can. I think you can argue it. 
I think you can. I I definitely think his jersey will be retired. I'm gonna make that right now. I think his jersey will be retired. That's true. Cause you look at it with the big three, like Garnett's jersey's gonna get retired eventually. I assume. Yeah, one hundred percent. His jersey's gonna get retired. He was only in Boston for like the last, you know, three good years of his career. And then the other ones, he was in Boston. It was like, you know, he was just slightly productive. Mm-hmm. So, I, I'm not mad at the whole being, you know, calling Paul Gasol a Laker great. Okay. I'm with that. Another off-topic question here. If we look at uh, the greats of all time, let's say top 30, do you think Ooh. Charles Barkley deserves to be in there? A top 30. Top 30. Oh. Uh, yeah, I could see, I could see that. Okay, fair enough. Cause, I mean, the guy was skilled. It's hard. Like I don't, I don't. People obviously go, you know, the no ring thing. But Steve Nash is like a top three point guard of all time. Probably, you know, top five, top three. Mm-hmm. He never won a ring. And I'm guessing you would list Steve Nash ahead of Jason Kidd, wouldn't you? Absolutely. <laughs> Steve Nash is like the gold standard of point guards. His this past creativity is just unmatched. It's incredible. Mm-hmm. He was probably the most reliant free throw shooter, you know, that I've ever seen. I think he finished with like he definitely finished with over ninety yeah, percent from the free over, throw line. Yeah, it was over a ninety percent um percentile. He had a pretty pretty decent three point shot. And just it was just the way he got to the basket and how creative he was. Like there was never a pressure situation for Steve Nash. He would always make something out of nothing. Which to me was just ridiculously incredible to watch. One of the funnest NBA players. He was like uh, and, Rondo with the IQ. And he made it, you know, he made it cool for a kid like me to have long hair. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, thank God you cut it. Oh yeah, you know that was obviously back when it was cute. <laughs> so, you know, thanks, Steve. But yeah, I think Charles Barkley is a top thirty. He definitely is. And we I forgot to mention, you know, Kareem. So, there you go. Oh, yeah, Kareem. Jesus Christ, how did we let that one slip? And for all of the old heads listening, Elgin Baylor. Where'd you pull that one from? I remember, you know, my high school coaches used to yell at me when they're talking about greats of all time. And they're like, oh, mm-hmm. you could never remember a guy like Elgin Baylor. You probably never even heard of him. But, you know, if I bring up Celtics history to a bunch of young guys, I bet you they could never even, they, they'd never even know who John Havlicek was either. Yeah, the only old head they know is definitely like Larry and Bill. You know, Larry, Bill, and probably Kevin McHale. They don't know yeah. the chief. Danny Ainge was a player? <laughs> You're going to hear a couple of those. Yeah, the only thing Danny Ainge is really remembered for is Michael Jordan pointing a, you know his finger in his face? Ainge was a he was it was pretty cool because he was like one of those you know first guys with the double sport. He also played professional baseball. I don't know if you know that. Oh, I did. I did not know that. Yeah, he played for the Toronto Blue Jays. I don't know how the story goes. I don't know if they, it was like mid season or something like that. And then the Celtics were just like, you know, you want to play for us? And he was like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it worked out pretty damn well for him. I mean, yeah, definitely did. He's a scrappy guy. He could play basketball. Do I think he could play today? Yeah, probably not. But he's a scrappy guy. He's like a he. Sir, he was just that like, you know that that dog type of player. You know, sort of like what Draymond serves for the uh, for the Warriors. He was just like that type of guy. Yeah, he's like a Della Dova. I don't like Della Dova. Yeah, no one does. He's. Scrappy guy, but he's dirty. Delamadova was like, he's like the really hyper kid that like his mom just feeds him a lot of sugar, and he's just there on the side of the bench, and like any given moment he's just shaking. And he's like, all right, am I gonna get in the game now? Am I gonna get in the game now? Yeah, I fear he's like that type of, you know, brother or something who, when he hits you, he only apologizes because your parents see him do it like yeah exactly like if if he didn't get caught he would just keep playing exactly once your parents look away he's gonna give you an elbow right in the chin exactly and he'd be like how do you like that i got away with it but if you retaliate against me watch look my parents are gonna see 
and now you're in trouble. And that's what players have to deal with with him. How many times do you think Delgadoa got detention as a middle schooler? Oh, probably a million times. The guy, he doesn't know what it means. He was either the one who got it all the time, or he was just the one who got away with it and never got it. Oh, 100%. He probably... He's one of those two. He doesn't follow rules. He's too cool for that. He's a tough guy. Yeah. He likes... He's just spitballing. <laughs> he's got like... He's got like... A, he's got like a... You know... A compartment in his backpack where he's got all this stuff. He's got like the, the crazy string or whatever. <laughs> in a can. He's got like the fake vomit. All this stuff. Yeah, with the... With the black leather jacket. Exactly. He's got the sunglasses and everything. Yup. <laughs> he's driving his Miata. <laughs> National tough guy. He's got, he's, got, he's got his like scooter. Oh my god! He's got he's got like that that one kid he's picking on who's just like polishing his scooter. <laughs> there you go, Mr. Delvadova. Oh my! He's gosh. like, all right, scram. Oh, you remember when the reporter asked LeBron James? It's like, how, like so it was a question along the lines of, you know, how would you feel Australian players? have impacted the NBA, and would you like to have more of them like Matthew on the team? <laughs> Such a weird question. <laughs> Damn, how many how many Australia players aside from Del Vidovo do you know? Oh, psh. Uh, ben Aaron S- Baines? Ben Simmons. Oh, yeah, Ben Simmons is Australian. Ben Simmons right. and Baines. Um, that's, that's pretty much it. I couldn't, I couldn't tell you more. Jeez. Like, before... Before Ben Simmons' first, you know, day of being drafted, he was already the greatest from Australia. <laughs> like that's how, how how crazy is that? You haven't even been drafted yet. Was he injured towards the end of his of his college year? Right. Um. Yeah, because I believe that's why he didn't play. He's like injured toward the last like twenty five percent of the season or whatever, something like that. Mm-hmm. And already you're like the greatest from your country. I mean, yeah. I mean, Nike seems to think so with the deal they gave him before he ever played in the game. I wonder how, like, how do players from back then look now to, like, you know, like you saw, who was it, Aiden and a few of those guys got a big Puma deal. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, money wasn't such a big thing. Like, players were lucky to get, you know, a few hundred yeah, thousand. Yeah, you're Larry Bird and you're just, like, chugging up and down the court with those leather converses. Yeah. Now you're getting shoe deals to oh, like it was free advertising. Shoe deals right out of college. Yeah, jeez. Exactly. Isn't that the life? Oh my gosh, Charles Charles Barkley definitely sits at his house and just goes. He he hates. I I guarantee you he hates the NBA today. Oh, you know he doesn't even allow for a few reasons. For a few reasons. For one, his Phoenix Suns suck. Mm hmm. Two, from his perspective, and I mean it's pretty debatable. It's you can make the argument. NBA players today are so spoiled. Yeah, you can make You know, compared argument. to what he had back then. Mm-hmm. And, you know, three, especially after this offseason, the league's going to stink. <laughs> he had a quote. He had a quote. And this instantly changed the way I look at Charles Barkley, and I love him now. He had a quote. I can't... I, didn't, I don't have it on me right now. But it was something along the lines of, like, I have to go on TV every day and fake it like these teams actually have a chance when really it's at most maybe a three-team league and i was like i love you i'm surprised like, i'm surprised you finally me. we have we have someone you know coming because i mean i get it like you can't be a reporter and go on and be like all right you know memphis and denver here's another useless regular season game of two teams that you know don't have a shot at it but you know but like, I mean, it's the reality. Yeah, you can't you can't say that. You know, that's reporting. But I feel like that's that's what they expect of him. No, they definitely tell him that. I mean, it's the same case with boxing. Like you, you know, like especially nowadays, how many fights you know have have the judges absolutely like screwed up? Oh my god, countless many and as, fights. And then that's why I like Teddy Atlas so much and, and Stephen A. Smith after these fights and, you know, how animated they get about it. You know, the other guys at that table just don't say a word. They're just so quiet. Because you can't. You can't say anything. Oh, my God. The scoring in boxing, is, it's horrendous. It's disgusting. It's it's oh my, it's like the mafia runs it or oh something. Oh, my God. It'd be a close fight. It'd be 120 to 110. It's like Whitey Bulger. I, like, I can see Whitey Bulger just running it. I wouldn't be. I wouldn't be surprised. 
He's just sitting like he's sitting ringside in his like one hundred thousand dollar seat. Yeah. And he just goes up to the referee. He's like, you know, Canelo's not winning this one. This is what I pay you guys for. Make sure it happens. You see a bunch of people with, like triple G signs, and then he just looks at the referee. He's like, nope, not tonight. You you don't even know how many times I've watched a boxing fight, and I'm like, oh, this is a close fight. You see the scoring; it turns out to be like. One no, there's six. no such thing as a close fight in boxing. Oh my god, it's awful. That doesn't exist. There's no such thing as a close fight. You have two refs. You sorry. You'd have two scores that make sense, then the other one just blows you out of the water. Like you got such a slanted fight, such a one-sided fight that somehow, miraculously, in a human being's eyes, you know, is seen as close. It's awful. And you don't need to be a genius to, you know, to officiate these fights. We're talking about people who don't fight themselves Ex- making these decisions. Ex- exactly. And that's a big part of the problem. Which is the worst which is the worst part about it. It is. I still love boxing. Oh. I know Pacquiao's got a fight this upcoming. I think it's Saturday or Sunday. So let's see how they screw that one up. I mean, you watch for skill. We you know, you know who wins in your heart of hearts, so it's it's terrible because Pacquiao is like a boxing legend, especially that last fight against Jeff Horn. The way they treated it, it's like this. Is this some type of joke? <laughs> like, are, are we are we serious right now? And then Jeff Horn gets knocked out by um by Terence Crawford in like the ninth round. Yep. Ironically, the ninth round, number nine, <laughs> the round that Pacquiao actually like absolutely wrecked him in mm-hmm. to the point where the ref was like yeah we're gonna we're gonna have to call this <laughs> but miraculously i don't know how the hell jeff horn won that fight you know what i don't know it happens all the time i can rant for hours on boxing yeah different beast but i can't because we have to talk about carmelo anthony oh one of my favorite players what is the move for carmelo anthony he was supposed, he was set to get 27.9 mil from the Oklahoma City Thunder after picking up that option. They decided to cut ties with him to save themselves $100 million, apparently. Mm-hmm. So now he's on the market. Well, Not a pretty market for Melo, but where is he going to go? See, you say not a pretty market, but someone's going to pick it up, right? Someone's- no, I mean, like, I mean in the sense that like he's not going to make the, the 27.9 mil he would, you know. Mm-hmm. Like, that's not going to be something... That team, he, like teams, aren't going to be knocking on the door for Melo right now. That's see, that's true. But I believe championship contenders will. I think you have the Houston, you have you have the you know team like the Lakers. I was about to say, I think that's the best and probably only fit for Melo right now. One hundred percent, without without a doubt, that is. I can't. I mean, like, because you see the whole thing with the situation in OKC. And why he didn't like it there because, you know, he played such a limited role. Mm-hmm. You can argue that could possibly work in L.A., but, like, LeBron James, like, that's that's the place of your role being limited. So, you're not going to go to L.A., at least in my mind. I think, like, Oak, like Houston, they they move the ball around really well. So, I feel like Melo, Melo would work there. They've already lost, they lost who? Ariza, right? They did lose Ariza to uh, Phoenix. And, and Clint Capella, is it? Clint Capella, they're, um, he's still going through negotiations. I thought they lost two guys. I know that they did lose Ariza. I know that. He was the one who went to Phoenix, right? Yes, he did go to Phoenix. He went to Phoenix, yeah. So, I think I think Houston's a move. Houston, yeah, they need to pick someone up after the Ariza loss. Oh, yeah, they got money to spend now. But I think, yeah. I mean, it's kind of hard. Melo didn't have a great year last year. He didn't have a great year. He was a third option. And it's not even because of skill. Because I believe, if we're just talking flat-out skill, he is more skilled than Westbrook and Paul George. But that doesn't mean he plays better than them. And that doesn't mean he has the same athleticism that those two have. I think that chemistry was just... It was, garbage. It was like that that team like that there was some some times where you watch that team and you like they click. Like early season, I remember when Boston was on like that win streak mm-hmm. and they took on OKC. 
they were seen as like a legitimate threat. Oh yeah. And then down the road, you're like, uh, they're a oh, joke. Yeah, I mean, you guys, you guys are there. Uh, I'd say, Melo said it himself. He said that he didn't believe coming in OKC had any plan to implement him into, you know, a successful role. And I agree. It didn't seem like they were ready to make any sort of move to put him at the forefront of scoring on that team. I feel like you could have. I feel like you could have seen that, like right from the get go when he entered OKC. Oh yeah, he was the third option. Like, you're not going to be. You're obviously not going to be the guy in OKC. That's Westbrook's team. It's Westbrook's team, and- but Westbrook loses them every single playoff game. But. All three of those guys contributed to that this season. They definitely did. Like, like shot opportunity-wise, I remember talking to a few people about this, and they're like, Westbrook takes all the shots. But, like, when you actually do the math, on average, uh, Westbrook took about, like, I believe it was, like, two more shots than Melo, especially in that Utah series. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't like he was being ball- He was being ball-hoggy towards, like, the last two games mm-hmm. or so. But when you look at the way that that Melo shot, that Paul George shot, like if you're Russell Westbrook, you're gonna you're not passing that ball off. You're not gonna defer to those two guys. Definitely not. But I know people. If you just look at shots, you forget how long Westbrook actually has the ball in his hands. You know, which is a ridiculous amount of time, and it's it's tough. The team underachieved like crazy. Oh, Oh, one hundred percent. Like crazy. I. I feel so stupid for not seeing it coming, too. I, like, playoff-wise, there just isn't a whole lot of playoff success, like, when you look at that team and the players. No, there definitely like, wasn't. there just isn't a whole lot. It's it's foreign territory for them. I mean, they went way back when KD was there to the finals, but when, like, when have you seen them since? What does this mean for the whole, like, do you remember when Paul George put, I think it was, like, on Instagram or Twitter... When he did the when he resigned with them, he was like unfinished business or something like that. Mm-hmm. Like, what business is there to finish? You guys got bounced in the first round. I don't know. I don't think OKC can make a successful run if Westbrook is in the picture. Not saying Westbrook this- isn't a great player. <laughs> don't get me wrong, great player. I just can't see him if he's taking a majority of shots and the ball is in his hand for a large portion of the time. Then. I can't see it. We're talking about a guy who was willing to take 40 to 50 shots, even if they lose. Mm-hmm. That team needs a bench, too. No, no bench. No bench. It's awful. They have no depth, like, aside from their starters. No, you couldn't. Who, a lot of people can't even. No exactly. Casey. Exactly. You couldn't name most of them. No. I like Steven Adams, too. Oh, I love Steven Adams. Great. I think he's such an underrated big man. It's because he's quiet. He's not. He's not like a loud guy. Keeps to himself. I mean, it's weird that like you could have seen like success not being existent with that team, but then again, you look at it and you're like, why? Mm-hmm. And that's when you, that's when people start pointing fingers. It's like, why aren't they successful? Because they have all the pieces. They do. They have all yeah, the talent not- in the world. But they can't seem to make it work. I mean, if anything, Melo wasn't working in a starting lineup. I would have put him in a second rotation to see maybe if, you know, if he has the ball in his hand a majority of the time, can he get it going? Because that's what he had in New York, and we saw how well that worked for him. What do you think it's looking like next year? OKC, like a sixth, fifth seed? Um, Maybe, possibly, but I don't think their position really matters in in the seating because I mean obviously not for like the vast majority of the NBA but you know I'm just trying to get fun with prediction wise you're obviously going to have Golden State number one mm-hmm. you're going to have Houston number two yep without a doubt you're going to have it gets tricky here I think you might have Utah number three I, I yes I do believe that they have unfinished business not OKC I like I like it I like their coach I like Donovan Mitchell I want Grayson Allen to make me like him. I want him to try. Like, just try this season. I know you're not listening, but <laughs> if you're listening, just try. Ah, I don't I don't like the kid. Um... I don't either, but, like, I like the team, and I don't want Grayson Allen to be the reason, like, that I watch them in the playoffs, and I'm like, all right, 
I want this team to get swept. Yeah, I don't want Grayson Allen to break the chemistry. Utah has something going for him. Because I like, I like guys on there. Like, Despite what Rudy Gobert said about Gordon Hayward, who's my favorite player in the league, mm-hmm. I still like Rudy Gobert as a player. Yeah. I like Ricky Rubio. Mm-hmm. Wait, you said what Rick? You said what uh, Gobert said about Gordon Hayward? Yeah, he was like, "You're not loyal" or whatever. He played like the song, you know, "These Blanking Loyal" when Hayward left and signed with the Celtics. Hmm, he's not loyal, so I mean, he can't do something I mean, that's you, the, the betterment of his career. To? You guys, you guys sucked. Sorry. Yeah. He... But I like you now. I like you guys now. I like a lot of guys. I like Joe Ingles. I like their coach. Hmm, I'm not a Rudy Gobert fan. Played a little chippy, a little dirty during the playoffs. Defensive wise, I like him. Oh yeah, offensively, he's a, he's just oh my god, he's, he's a he's disaster. A he is yeah, an he's, offensive he's, he's disaster. Tricky off. He's tricky. He's he's tricky offensively. Oh, he has his nights out. They give him the ball back to the basket. I've I've literally watched it. I oh my god, they give him the ball yeah, back to not, the basket. It's not a pretty situation he, to put him in. He has he could have someone a six six defender guarding him. And the man will still pass the ball. It's like he has no idea how to work with his back to the basket. It's like one twenty fifth of Joel Embiid's skill back to the basket. Yeah, what I'm, I was I was about to say, like, what is it with big men in that that issue? What is it? I don't know if it's the era we play in, but it's like big men t- like automatically just turn into face up players now. I don't get it. Like oh, like you couldn't go in the day. Back in the day, and see a big man that didn't have. Yeah, a I was to about to say because you know how you know how people like go. Oh, well, Bill Russell played with like these many teams, so he's not that good. Bill Russell was like an innovator when it came to the big man role. Mm-hmm. That's why I feel like when people you know talk about him outside of Boston, they talk with such disrespect. Oh well, yeah, because and it's part of like, that man was an innovator. Mm-hmm. Like, come, put some respect on on Bill Russell's man. Um, Bill Russell's name, please. You know, people always want to tear down Boston sports because we're so successful in pretty much every sport, so it's not yeah. surprising. So, what did I say? Golden State 1, Houston 2, Utah 3. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I, like, I gotta go based off the Lakers team now. Mm-hmm. So, I think it's, 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 I think it's still OKC 4 and then Lakers 5. You think you really believe based on that? The, based on, I, the Lakers still need another piece. Wait, did you just put OKC ahead of the Lakers? Yeah, I don't see him. Really? I'd, I'd definitely have to switch that around. I mean, we're talking it's LeBron got, James. It's going to be tough. No, I know that. But, like, the other guys need a click. They do. I think Kuzma's going to be reliant. Mm-hmm. They don't have a big man. Who the heck is their big right now? JaVale McGee? <laughs> I don't give a rat's ass who JaVale McGee's playing with. You can't make that man better. He sucks. It's pure. He stinks. Yeah, he can't He can't just automatically turn into someone like, who's the thing. The thing with the Lakers, their problem right now is, like, the players they have, they need, they, like, their talent is reliant on what's around them. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. So, like, JaVale McGee only scored, what did he score? Like, 14 points in the finals and everyone wanted to throw a parade for him? Mm-hmm. He only did that because he was in Golden State. Yeah, it's like Blake Griffin. Like, how how much do you expect from Blake Griffin without Chris Paul? Mm-hmm. Yeah, like Lance Stevenson is good off the bench, but like what he does and what he's going to give you isn't going to mean anything unless you have like starters carrying you. Yeah, because you know Lance Stevenson will he will score, without a doubt. The man will score, but I think Lonzo's going to have a better year because he has LeBron to defer to. Mm-hmm. But like I said, they need another piece. That's why they need they needed to be the ones to sign Boogie. They need that big. Cause like why why you can argue LeBron could play any position at this stage in his career, I don't think he wants to do that. I don't think he wants to fight for rebounds. I don't think he wants to do any of that. No, but I think he wants to just go about him. We didn't play mention the forward role. We didn't mention that I believe Brooke Lopez just signed a one year deal with the Bucks. Right? Yeah, one year three point three million. So the question now is Who's the starting center? Because it's not Zubak. <laughs> Do you really want me to answer that? I'm not going to put Zubak in, and if we're if, and if your answer is uh, going to be Javale McGee, that's just disgusting. That's I don't know. That's I a train wreck. Maybe, well, is that op- is that option open for Mo Wagner? I mean, it definitely is. If he has is. a good summer league, if he has a good summer league, yeah. I mean, he's he seems like a more solid choice than Javale McGee. His IQ, his basketball IQ, has to be at least. I like I like higher. Mo Wagner. 
I think he fell like 24 or something like that. And I think it's a pretty good pick. I think he's I hope, a big player. I hope he flourishes in the summer league. I'd like to see him start. I mean, it's going to be tough. The, like, the league, in terms of centers, a majority of the centers in the league are I mean, in terms athletic. of performing, but, like, when you look at your competition, it's not very threatening. But, like, yeah, he, he might be able to start on the Lakers, but at least JaVale McGee is athletic. I'm not saying he this is. guy's a bum. I'm not saying Mo Wagner is, you know, a bum who can't, you know, jump. And but IQ-wise, it's like it's, non, it's non-existent. And you know LeBron doesn't like... <laughs> you saw it with JR. LeBron is not a fan of boneheaded plays. Definitely not. And I know he'll probably address that situation when it comes, especially if he sees too much of it from JaVale McGee. He'll let it slide but in the regular season, though. We know that. As long as they well, win. Yeah. It's... We've known this for years. Regular season is meaningless with, with LeBron. Mm-hmm. Doesn't care. So, yeah, it's that's why I think I think OKC is going to have a better finish. I don't think it's going to be like drastically. I don't think they're going to finish like, you know, 10, 12 games above mm-hmm. LA. I just think they're going to finish somewhat ahead of them, like three or four games. Okay. So I had. What do you think Golden about Portland? State, no, no. <laughs> Man. You think they have a shot? I mean, there's only one. There's only one thought in my mind: is that Dame needs to bounce. Oh, uh, what about CJ? You think CJ should stay? No, he needs to go too. But like, <laughs> but like, I'm just talking. You know, I, I'm just. We gotta take it one player at a time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Dame needs to go. Okay. Where that place is, I don't know. <clears throat> what about uh, Minnesota and um, New Orleans? Where do you think they go? Now, Minnesota's gonna lose Butler, so it's gonna be a pretty rough year. Mm-hmm. New Orleans, mm, I don't know, because again. They, I, I'm, I'm optimistic for New Orleans. Unfortunately, they did lose Rondo, mm-hmm. so that's that's kind of a loss. Mm-hmm. But you know, they did perform well without Boogie. So, like, I'm more worried about the Rondo loss than I am about the Boogie loss. As crazy as that sounds. Mm-hmm. And if, if like if we're to, if I'm to say something about uh, what you said on Damian Lillard, they were the third seed. They were the third seed, mm-hmm. and they got swept by New Orleans, which was the sixth seed. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I don't really see any reason for the guy to stay. If you're getting swept by the sixth seed. Yeah, Portland, I, I I will tell you this right now. Like, remember these words. Portland is not finishing in the top five next year. Mm-hmm. Um, They're not finishing top five. I, w- I wouldn't be surprised. They, if they keep... I'd be surprised. They keep I, I put them at, like, I put them at, like, six or seven. It sucks. Like, imagine imagine if Aldridge was still there right now. Uh, they'd be contenders. Oh, Lord. I think Nurkic does nothing for the team. I don't know why they've assigned him. I can't. I mean, if you look at stats, you might say he does. But I think those are just trash can, you know, points. Points that don't really mean anything. They're just, like, they're superficial. When are we going to put together our petition to, you know, get the commission to just eliminate all the teams Empty it all out. Let's get a draft and let's start over from scratch. Oh, you'd upset a lot of GMs. A lot of GMs who felt, well, who feel that they've worked and earned the right to sign those players to their teams. I think I'm upsetting a few, maybe. Yeah, I'm I'm upsetting Danny Ainge. Mm-hmm. I'm upsetting whoever the hell runs Golden State. Yep. Draymond Green. That's their GM, right? Yeah, <laughs> Draymond. Um, You're upsetting Magic. I'm upsetting Ma- Magic, but he didn't earn that. So... I don't care. Um, I think that might be about it. Um, I feel like OKC. I feel like OKC would be relieved. Uh, yeah, Mark Cuban would be happy. <laughs> and I can tell you, his center, cares about Mark Cuban. His center picks up isn't going to be DeAndre Jordan because he says there's no friction there and there's no hard feelings. But I don't believe that for a second. I don't believe. What was the point? Well, I don't even know what what is DeAndre going to do in. With, with in Dallas, I don't know. I mean, he went back for because Blake Griffin told him to come back. Oh, no. matter of fact, speaking of moves that I don't understand, have you seen the latest Zach Levine rumors? Well, not rumors, report. Yep. Um, what was it? Eighty mil, four years, and seventy-eight, four 78, years. Seventy-eight, four years. Oh. What's more surprising to you, the fact that Sacramento? Is willing to offer him four years and seventy-eight million. What's more bizarre, the offer from Sacramento or the fact that the Bulls are willing to match it? 
I'd say the I'd say the offer from Sacramento. I don't believe he's worth that much. But then again, I, and I like Zach Levine. Mm-hmm. I like him. But this is just one of those examples where it's like, what the hell are you doing? Why are you just throwing money like that? They have to keep someone. Who's going to be your best player? Chris Dunn? He's the guy who doesn't want to practice? Yeah, but like, you just aren't... I, I, I mean, maybe from like a selling ticket perspective, but like... What? It's just such a waste of money to me. It is. I mean, but Sacramento needs someone. They have no star right now other than, what's his name? Uh, guy who was drafted last year, De'Aaron. Other than De'Aaron Fox, they don't really have anyone. Buddy Heald and I kill- a no-show. <sighs> No. Willie Cauley Stein? Like, what? Oh what is God. there? Yeah, Mr. Face Tattoos comes out of college. First <laughs> first um, oh thing on his bucket list, get a face tattoo. Oh, no, they drafted, um... Dang, Bagley. Yeah, he's... We'll see how well he right? does. Well, yeah. I got high hopes. <coughs> he was my favorite prospect in that draft. Who, Bagley? But, yeah, I like Bagley. Hmm. Um... But I don't get it. Like, ever since... ever Like, I killed Memphis about the Mike Conley contract, and it's still a very, very bad contract. But at least Mike Conley's productive. Ever since then, it's like the NBA's just been throwing money around. Yeah, I'm saying... Like, Mozgov making 70 mil or whatever. Joaquin Noah just coming from the ground like he's the Undertaker in WWE. And here are the Knicks with, like, a briefcase of $100 million for him for whatever the hell reason. I think this year he's still making uh, $19 million For what? Why? <laughs> Jesus Christ. When was the last productive game you've seen from Joakim Noah? I don't even remember the Chicago. last time he was on the court. Chicago. The Tom Thibodeau days. <laughs> Mr. Salem Chicago. State. Mr. Salem State. I love you, Tommy. <laughs> yeah, don't, he doesn't show Salem State any love. Yeah, you, you don't remember I, the little guys. <laughs> I mean, I can't blame him. There's not a whole lot. You know, a lot to show for. Um... Yeah, so it's going to be interesting. Definitely will be. There's there's still a lot to talk about. There's still, you know, things to fill in. There's still the mystery of where will Isaiah Thomas go. Ugh. I feel, you think he's going to be signed this week? How much longer until he gets signed? I mean, he's definitely not someone who's high on the list of, you know, top priorities. Definitely not. He's a scorer that can't play defense. I I want to see him have a comeback year. I'm I'm pulling from. I I think he's gonna take like a two three year deal, something short term, so that you know he can still build up for a payday. I don't think he'll get a payday. He will be underpaid. But I feel like the thing is, like when you see contracts like Zach Levine, it justifies someone like Isaiah Thomas going. When do I get my payday? But then because like Isaiah has performed in big stages, Zach Levine has performed in the dunk contest. True. But Zach Levine can play defense, and he's an athletic freak. But he has, like, his value offensively versus Isaiah Thomas. It's like, they don't even compare. And, like, the NBA is an offensive-driven league. So I feel like if you just put Isaiah in the right... That was the thing. Like, in Boston, the reason I defended Isaiah so much, not just because he was so fun to watch and I still love him, even though he's not here, is the fact that he didn't have a whole lot around him. Like, people would always tell me, like, this guy can't win a finals, he can't lead a team. Like, I get why you see that, but also understand what he has around him. Oh, yeah, he doesn't have anything around him. His big is Kelly Olenek. Mm-hmm. <laughs> His, like, next best score was, what, Avery Bradley? Mm-hmm. Like, Jay Crowder is the perfect example of Brad Stevens making players. I'm sorry, can anybody recall where Jay Crowder is right now? Oh, yeah, he's in Utah, and he doesn't matter. He's not doing anything. He didn't do anything in Cleveland. He's not doing anything in Utah. That's fair. So that's where I stand. I don't think Isaiah Thomas had a whole lot. Well, I'm sorry. No, I think he didn't have a whole lot. I mean, but his value still isn't going to increase by much. I think his value is I think he can have. I Boston. think he can have... No, yeah, definitely. But, like... That's a situation where, like, going out of free agency from Boston, you can still make your, you can still use like that year to get your payday. The thing that hurt Isaiah Thomas was the Cleveland, LA getting hurt. He was turning over the ball a lot. Oh, you could LA tell the injury awful. affected him. Yeah, but in LA, you know, he played very well at sometimes, but 
when he didn't play barrel, he was playing awful. Just high school JV basketball, maybe even freshman. He played very watching very Isaiah cool. playing with LeBron was like it was kind of like watching the All Star game. He's just jogging up and down the court. He might get a shot every now and then. Yeah, it was like it was like open rec basketball. You pick up. You know your, yeah. your buddies. You pick up three buddies. He was he was like it was kind of looking like he was half-assing it. Yeah, he didn't know what to do. He didn't know he's working with LeBron James. He knows he's not supposed to be dribbling down the court. You pass up to mm-hmm. LeBron James. That's the first thing you do. That's your yeah. job. But I'm pulling for him. Hope Isaiah Thomas has a comeback season next year. Sign a two-year contract with Orlando. Get a few, you know, maybe a one-year contract even. Get a few solid seasons in there. You're not going to get, you know, 100-plus mil, but I feel like you can get... You can definitely get over... If, if Kelly Olenek can make 50 million, IT can make over 70. I mean, I've been turning as making big bucks, too. Um, yeah, how's that going? And, yeah, you're right. If Zach Levine can make that much money, then Isaiah Thomas should make... Is definitely due for a payday. Yeah, around that ballpark at the very least. Over 20 mil a year. But I, I can't see someone giving him that realistically. I just, I can't see it. I can't mm-hmm. see it. He's a defensive liability. Not too many guys is, at his height are still in the league. Definitely. All right. So we're going to have to wrap this up. You got any final thoughts? Any points you want to address? Uh, Nothing really. You know, K, I'll just say this. K. Felder, you know, a guy who was on Cleveland, when he was drafted, he was a big name. And now look at the guy, great score in college, just like Isaiah, but his height played a it played a role. But yeah, other than that, yeah, that's it. But you know, good luck, it. We love you out here in Boston. Do your best. Still love you, much love. I still wear your T-shirt, even though I got it on sale at Lids. Still <laughs> wrap it like I bought it for retail. Trust me. But all right, thanks for tuning in to episode two of the Sideline Views podcast. Comment, subscribe, follow us on Twitter at SVUs Podcasts. Tune in for episode three coming soon. All right.